1: A day Podcast.
2: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack A Day Podcast. It is Saturday. The weekend is here. Your Saturday crew is together and doing well. I am Jason Perone of the Pack-A Day Podcast, Game On Wisconsin, and the Quick Slants Podcast, along with my usual Saturday cohorts. Mark Eckle of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, as always, we start as far west as we can go. I don't know if it gets any further west than Albany Western Australia, where Norm at Norm the One on Twitter reached out and wanted to let us know that it is partly cloudy and 66 degrees Fahrenheit in Western Australia right now. So, Uh, Which I guess equates to 18 degrees Celsius. So he did do the math for us. Very much appreciate that. And Norm, thank you for the assistance in pronouncing Albany, Western Australia, not to be confused like Albany, New York. So we got guys, we got it. We got a message from all the way from Australia. And then we got another one. Well, if we're going from west to east or from east to west, I got to be fair. We got to We got to go back to Mark because I do have another one, but it's it's a little further west. So Mark Eckel East Coast, what's happening over there
3: by the beach? Oh, we, we skipped. OK, um, it's we, we've been having a lot of rain, believe it or not. Um, today looks like it might be better than it's been. It's, it's been in the 80s. Um, it was supposed to rain today, but as I look out my window, um, it's not raining. It actually looks like it may be a nice day. But I got to tell you, today's Saturday. We're actually taping on Saturday. Um, I have not been on the beach since Tuesday. Oof. Whoa. That's a long-ass three days. Sound time. the alarm. There's probably people searching for you, Mark. <laughs> Not well, No, nobody's been raining everywhere. Really. It's not just me.
1: They they got mark on milk cartons down there. jeez <laughs> <laughs> again,
3: it's not just me that's been on the beach. There's been no the only people on the beach are the, are the tourists that well I paid to stay. I'm going to go on the beach. Well, it's raining. Get off the beach, idiot. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Well, hopefully, and it, hopefully I'll get back out sometime today or tomorrow because Mark's not happy when he's
2: not on. That's the <laughs> That's what it be. sounds like. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And I want to I want to make a correction on Norm the One. His Twitter handle is at Normie underscore row. So thank you so much for that, Western Australia. <laughs> moving, moving. I didn't hear from our friends across the pond, but, you know, they're probably busy and they got other stuff going on. Maybe the weather's crazy over there, too. So uh, keeping in line here, we got a big, big day today. Family night is going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Paul Brettel, you're just a few blocks away. What's going on in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin weather-wise? Uh, It's humid,
1: cloudy, high 70s, and there is the potential for storms this evening during family night, which, honestly, as we look back, or at least my recollection of it throughout the years, is actually pretty common. There always seems to be some sort of rain or storm potential on family night. So hopefully it stays away and Green Bay can get their practice in and everyone in attendance and watching on TV can take it in. Yeah,
2: no doubt. So then I guess... I'm not sure if I'm further east or this next guest who reached out to us. This one is his his Twitter handle. This is at Harry, as in like the hair on top of your head, at Harry Ugly. But he goes by Harry. Kamloops, British Columbia. That's about six hours north of Seattle. He says it's 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Typically, it's around 100. But they're getting some relief, unfortunately, for uh, the wrong reasons. Because they're having some uh, issues with wildfires and all of the smoke is blocking the sun over there. So, hope everybody is staying safe over in British Columbia, Canada. Guys, we're we're checking a lot of boxes with these different countries that are reaching out to us with their weather reports. We're becoming world famous. And then here in Phoenix, as you would imagine, sunny, about 100 degrees. So, it's, it's pretty is what it is. Phoenix is doing its thing here, although... Uh, got more rain than usual so it's been nice as far as the wildfire situation that's been a little tamer so far knock on wood here in the phoenix area so all kinds of good stuff going on but i want to go back since since uh, we got a couple things to talk about um the packers claim chauncey rivers he's a linebacker uh, he was on the practice squad uh, last year um i want to say baltimore i could be wrong with that but i i, I think he might be just for some depth camp body don't know that that's necessarily uh you know, a big news signing, but did want to mention it since the Packers did add another linebacker. Zadarius Smith still on the reserve list. Hopefully, uh, I know Kevin King is still on it. Obviously, David Bakhtiari. Hopefully, those guys are progressing towards getting a little bit healthier. But, I mean, it's it's the Hall of Fame weekend. It's family night. So, uh, with, with former Packer and Raider great Charles Woodson getting into the Hall of Fame, let's start there, and then we'll go to family night. We'll just give a quick thoughts on charles woodson so we can pay homage to him because it you know when you have a, a, a player as special as charles and when he came to green bay he was kind of on the scrap heap i think that's fair to say at the time in 2006 there just weren't many teams interested in him and he comes to green bay because there was green bay was one of the few teams that threw an offer out there and it which which is also notable because that was ted thompson and ted didn't like signing free agents but charles comes to green bay he had a little bit of a bumpy start with head coach at the time uh first time head coach mike mccarthy and they were both uh, joining the Packers in the first for the first time in 2006, and then Charles just goes on to light the world on fire, defensive player of the year in 2009, part of the 2010 Super Bowl championship team, a special player, the type of player that you just you when you see like a Jair Alexander ascending, you hope that his ceiling is something close to that because Charles was such a smart and fantastic player. I remember watching him live in a preseason game in Arizona in 2009 and he, he comes up from behind Kurt Warner. This is when the starters actually played for a little bit in preseason and he jumps on his back and takes him down for a sack, causes a fumble and uh, that was that was awesome to see up up close in person. He had a monster game against the Dallas Cowboys in 09. I'll, I'll never forget that one. Among his many pick sixes that he had in his career. So I, we'll start, we'll just go around the horn real quick with some some odes to Charles Woodson, I guess, Mark, your thoughts on Charles, obviously an easy first ballot hall of famer, but do you have a, a favorite Charles Woodson moment when he was with the Packers?
3: Oh, it's tough to pick one. I'll, I'll go back to what you were saying prior about nobody. Won. I, I, I remember him being available and there were rumors that the Packers might sign him. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Cause like you said, Ted didn't sign many, um, name free agents, so to speak. Um, but Tampa Bay was the other team that wanted him, and um, John Gruden, who had coached him in Oakland, was was now coaching Tampa Bay, and, I'm, and, and I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, he's going to go with Gruden. And he knows Gruden. You know, again, some guys like the weather. And Ta- we'll, we'll we'll continue our weather theme. Some guys like the weather in Tampa better than the weather in Green Bay. So, um, you know, I, I I remember. But then I. If, if I'm if I'm right here, I think I am. Gruden wanted to make him a safety, right then and there, and Green Bay said, "No, you come here. You'll you'll play corner." And I believe that was the, um, what 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 had him come to Green Bay instead of Tampa was it was the chance to 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 continue playing corner. Um, so that worked out, and it worked out very well. Obviously, he's one of the few guys, um, and Reggie White's another who. Went into Hall of Fame, you know, playing as you know, playing for the Packers. That he could, I mean, Woodson's career and for two players, he could—he was a Hall of Famer for the Raiders and the Packers. You know, there aren't many guys that you could say had Hall of Fame careers with two different teams. You know, a lot of you know, there's a lot of Hall of Famers that played for more than one team, but they were known as you know, they they did it with one team, they you know, and then they went somewhere for a couple years and kind of played it out, or. Um, a guy like Brett Favre obviously you know he's a you know he played for four different teams but his Hall of Fame is because of, the, of what he did in Green Bay.
2: well I don't know Mark if you ask Vikings fans they'll still tell you all about 2009
3: <laughs> what they tell you about the interception <laughs> yeah right um, yeah he played one year like you know Jets he was you know he had one year where he was not, not even that good and obviously falcon fans don't want to even talk about what happened in atlanta so yeah i mean but Woodson, i mean do you guys agree that he i mean he's he's a yes he's a hall of famer with two teams i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure he's in both of the is he in the raider hall of fame or did or did, or did the raiders have a hall of fame
2: i was just gonna say i don't know if every team no does idea. it the same way he'll mean, you yeah. know packers Hall he, of fame.
3: yeah him. um let me ask you guys something talking hall of fame have either of you ever been to canton
2: i have not Nope.
3: but you've both been to the packers hall of fame i have it's the Packers Hall of Fame is better.
2: You've told me that.
3: Yeah, and I'm not just saying that as a Packers fan. I've been to both. There's just more stuff in the Packers Hall of Fame. It's just, a, it's just more. It's, it's, a, it's. I'm, I'm. Canton's not the worst. The Basketball Hall of Fame is the worst Hall of Fame in ever, 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 ever. Um, but football should be a lot. The Canton should be better. Now, I haven't been there in probably 20 years, so hopefully, it's gotten better. But. A little disappointed compared to Cooperstown, say, and I'm not, and I like football way more than baseball. But well, the that, one thing you know, that hopefully. excites me
2: about Canton is that it's the home Where's and it the Canton, the, or well, <laughs> Canton. Uh, the, the thing that excites me about that about that locale is that's where the first preseason game is played, and we we get to actually see football. Although I gotta tell you guys, that game between the Cowboys and the Steelers, I, I had it on in the background. It was brutal. Absolutely, I thought it was brutal. It was brutal to watch. The kickers, oof, man, makes me really appreciate Mason Crosby. But back to Charles Woodson. Paul Brettel, do you have a favorite Charles Woodson moment during his time with the Green Bay Packers?
1: I do, and it actually came off the field just after a game. I think it was like 2011 or 12, where Jay Cutler, uh, prior to Packers-Bears game, was, basically wished the secondary Packers defense good luck. And in that game, I know Charles had a pick. I think there was two or three others <clears throat> by the rest of the defense. Packers went on to win relatively easily. And afterwards, Charles goes, he's he's the same old Jay. We just got to wait for him to throw us the ball. So that is always going to be one of my favorite memories of him uh, here with the Green Bay Packers. And, I mean, it turned out so incredibly well, especially for, and it's been do- well documented now that he he really didn't want to come here to Green Bay, but it was the best offer that he had. But as far as we all know what he can do on the field, but even to this day, Aaron Rodgers talks about his locker room presence, his leadership off the field as well. So just an all around terrific player, a terrific human being, someone that you want representing your organization and obviously very well deserved of this Hall of Fame induction. You know, it's
2: I don't know if it's still the same now. I think players have a better sense of where things are. But back then, it was kind of like still the old adage of where is Green Bay, Wisconsin? If you don't, didn't grow up there, you don't even know where it is. And it just doesn't seem like this desirable place. Although at that point, you still had Brett Favre, a quarterback. You still had a successful Packers team. There, was, there wasn't a lot to really hate about if you, if you wanted to win and you wanted to play for a decent football team. That was the Packers at that time. They weren't bad but just the whole didn't want to come to green bay thing and and you know i think i think that's changed a little bit over the years kind of just kind of interesting to see how that that whole thing has gone along but charles woodson charles was one of the players that aaron Rodgers mentioned in his opening uh, press conference at training camp as, as one of the players that he was a little bummed to to see leave green bay when he did he did go on to play a couple more decently very productive years and Oakland before he retired. So who knows what would have happened if the Packers would have stuck with Charles for another year or two. But nonetheless, he went back to the Raiders and you know, very good point Mark about Charles having, having played like a hall of famer for two different teams um, twice for the Raiders. So it was very impressive. No doubt. He's a first ballot hall of famer. Very happy to have that Packer connection with Charles Woodson, but getting back into green Bay, it's, it's training camp. There's been no, more practice.
3: One thing about the Hall of Fame and that, too. It's funny, like, when a football player goes into Canton, you just go in. Charles Woodson is going in as Charles Woodson, uh, defensive back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to pick which team, Green Bay or Oakland. Because they, they, they don't put a helmet on you or on your bus. It's just a bus of Charles Woodson. Baseball, you have to pick. A baseball player has to decide if he played. Reggie Jackson had to decide if he, if he was a Yankee or, or an A's player you know whoever they have to pick a team because they put a baseball cap on you on your on your bust so it's kind of interesting that football takes that out of your hand where you don't have to pick one one over the other
2: man if i could you imagine if you played like 20 years in major league baseball and you played 10 years for two different teams like you're going to tick off one one of these fan bases is going to get ticked at you
3: yeah yeah and and, and it's happened a lot of times i'm sure
2: (laughs) yeah no, I like the way that I like the way the Pro Football Hall of Fame does it. And, and uh, you know, Canton, the, the field, they actually played the, the preseason game. So as a Packers fan who saw one of his own his own preseason games canceled when it was supposed to be on TV. I mean, anytime you, you get a, a Packers game taken away from you, it's kind of a big deal, even though it was preseason a few years ago. Uh, glad that they were able to play the game. Congrats, Canton! It looks like the the stadium is is in good shape and things have built up a little bit around there. And just the you know, there's that word again, Mark: buzz around preseason and training camp. And family nights kind of a it's kind of a special thing in Green Bay because it's grown into this huge monster. And Paul, I wanted to kick it to you since you're in Green Bay because you probably attended a few family nights and, and just your thoughts on how it's morphed and grown over the years into what it's become today, which as we were talking before we recorded is almost the same level of activity and traffic around the stadium as a regular game day.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, the stadium is almost full capacity every year or or gets to full capacity. It's the same buzz and excitement beforehand. People, my grandma, she's out parking cars beforehand as well. So it's very much a, a game day feel for a practice. There's, nothing like it in football where 70,000 people are going to show up to uh, go watch a practice or a light scrimmage. I know in recent years, last five, 10 years, they've transitioned more away from the full scrimmage. Uh, My recollection when I went as a kid, that's what it was, was a full scrimmage. Now it's more practice than 11 on 11 although I believe they're going to be doing some of that as well Then if you haven't gone it's a it's a great way to introduce any young children to it because it's family night the tickets are cheap uh, it's in the summer so it's going to be warmer and it, it, it's it's a fun environment to do fireworks after so they've really made it into this terrific event and like I said you go down there during or beforehand it's very much uh, the buzz is there it's very much that game day excitement.
2: Yeah, I can imagine, and this the the tradition of the players riding the bikes, the training camp, and family. There's so many cool things as Packers fans that we might take for granted that the team does in preseason, whereas other teams are just playing a couple preseason games. But no doubt, the fan base in Green Bay is is very excited to see the Packers play. And it's it it used to be a live scrimmage, and it was kind of fun because there was a competition aspect to it, and it's just really not that much anymore. Mark, have you ever been to a preseason game or a family night? I have not attended a family yeah. night before.
3: No, i was always too busy covering, you know, Eagles training camp at the same time. Um, I, I find it amazing. I mean, the Eagles Eagles are a team that does better than most in terms of getting family. I mean, that one year, the, the year they end up going to the Super Bowl with, with Terrell Owens, um, that was – as crazy a training camp as I've ever covered because there was they, back then Eagles practice at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, PA which is about probably a little over an hour from the city um, and it, I, that first day was just ridiculous and it was like and I, I knew I knew what was coming so I got there like really early because traffic was like lehigh and bet I don't, I don't know if you guys know bethlehem pennsylvania you, you probably don't most of our listeners probably don't it's a small little i mean it, they, it has lehigh university but not much else so it's kind of like it's not like a. there's no highway that you can take there it's back roads farm roads a lot of the way that traffic was backed up for just miles and miles you you saw no i mean so many people complained that they never even got they mispracticed because they were just in traffic you know, thinking that they could get there when whenever you know practice started like at nine o'clock. Well, no, they were getting there as practice w- was ending because it it was. I think they said there was over. I think that first day they said there was like over twenty five thousand people there. Um, that's when it was camp was open every day back then. So you know, every, but then like every day there was minimum you know twelve to fifteen thousand every day, um, which you know normally the Eagles would get maybe maybe you know five thousand on a on a given day. Uh, but that whole, that whole camp was just insane. Um, but, and I said like, that's, not, but Green Bay puts, it's funny. Cause then, you know, the Eagles would like brag about that. And I'm like, that's just a regular day for the Packers. Like, and like that's, they, <laughs> they get, you know, and again, I think it's the whole Green Bay it's, it's Green Bay's not Philadelphia. It's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. It's not, you know, Detroit or or, or Chicago. You know, it's the Packers are Green Bay. There wouldn't nobody would know where, no one would have ever heard of Green Bay, Wisconsin, if the Packers didn't play there. I mean, it, it would be like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, right?
2: Yeah, it would be. It would be mm-hmm. like a, a trivia question or a very a little known gem. I mean, it's people it's, would
3: say it's a it's a small town outside of Milwaukee,
2: way outside of Milwaukee. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, but that would be the closest, you know, major city, I guess, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean. And it's amazing if if you started the, if the NFL began again today in 2021, there's no way in the world the Green Green Bay would would get a franchise, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, no way they wouldn't put a team in. But look, you know, and that's that's another thing. What that is amazing about the Green Bay Packers is that they do survive in a town that is you know a speck compared to the other cities to the Chicago's Detroit's LA's New York, Philadelphia Pittsburgh I mean you know it, they, it's, it's amazing that they can you know and not just compete but we, you know they're one of the best franchises of all time
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
2: And they will continue to, and look how well they're run. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's got to just astound other fans from other bases that are in major cities too. And they're like, "Where the heck is this Green Bay?" I mean, I think people know now, but it just and Mark, you and I and and Paul, you've been a fan for a while too. I mean, but Mark and I, obviously, just by virtue of age, have have really seen the the transition of the Green Bay Packers through all the different decades. And obviously, there was the doldrum years of the seventies, the eighties were okay-ish and then the resurgence and just keeping green bay on the map and just the, the renovation of lambeau field and how how big the title town district has grown and all the growth around there i mean even myself who's been going to green bay for the past 20 years i've, I've that's when i started I made my first trip out to Green Bay in 2002, so I didn't ever, I never was in the state the old uh, Lambeau Field before they renovated it, uh, which is which is what the Packers when they won their Super Bowl ninety six they played in the old Lambeau Stadium field, but th- just incredible growth and you can't do that unless you have success and good leadership and management and say what you will about Packers leadership if some people aren't as big of a fan, but Mark Murphy and and the you know the board and the the town of Green Bay have really come together and done good things with the Green Bay Packers. And here you have family night, which again... Glorified practice. I know, Paul, you'll be watching it on TV. If anybody's savvy enough to know how to stream it, I wouldn't mind if they wanted to send a link out. I don't know if we could think that <laughs> even exists. I know it's not going to be much to watch, but it's the the anticipation. You know, Mark, you talked about the, the traffic backing up. and all. It's a, I think it's the anticipation. So, I mean, the Eagles have a really good fan base and a really passionate fan base, too. And if they think their team is going to be good that year, heck, yeah, they're excited for preseason football. And even though it doesn't mean as much, and I, with training camp going on, Paul, you've had a chance, I think, to attend a couple of practices in person so far. Were you were you at practice this week? Was it last week? Yeah, both. So I wanted to just kind of talk about maybe some top observations. And then I also want to get, we have the well, first- Paul's
3: kind of famous now too, Casey. Kind of. <laughs> kind, of. kind of famous.
2: Paul, you're verified yeah. on Twitter now,
3: right? Yeah. I don't know I about am. that, but- Got, but got the, the check mark. He's being mentioned in people's stories now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. writing stories about the third string quarterback and you know, him and Paul are like best friends. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to talk about, I definitely want to talk about
2: the, the, the upcoming preseason game, just a just a tad bit uh, with the Jordan love factor. Cause we've heard, we've heard now we're starting to hear about some buzz about Jordan love in practice. And that's, that's where things are getting interesting because I think we all want to know, like, what does this kid have? But Paul, a top observations from camp, just to kind of wrap up another week of training camp, you've been out there in person, I know you've you've mentioned a couple before, but what what have been maybe one of your top one or two takeaways that aren't aren't as obvious or even if even if they are, I guess, if they're noteworthy, what have they been?
1: So I've got a couple, I guess, and I'm mostly going to be going off of what I saw this week rather than overall. But Jay Sternberger had a really nice uh, Thursday practice. It's been pretty quiet for him up to this point, but. In the one-on-one drills, he was consistently getting open. Had a, some nice catches as well. Had a one-handed grab down the sidelines. And he's really showing that that wiggle, that elusiveness when he's in space. There was a play action from Jordan Love where he found Sternberger in the flat, and he turned it into, you know, it's tough to tell with not full tackling, but at least a probably a 15-yard gain or so. And he has to continue to you know, steal phrase from Mike McCarthy, stack success. We need to see more of that consistently. But in that one practice, you saw what Brian Gudikin saw in him when they took him in the third round in the 2019 draft. And I just want to reiterate this because I know we've talked about it before, but the transition for tight ends is very difficult. And he's someone who only had one year of starting experience coming out of Texas A&M. He's only played 300 NFL snaps up to this point in his career due to injuries. He was on the COVID list last year. So it's still a very small sample size for a prospect who is raw to begin with. He has a skill set. We saw that on Thursday. So don't write him off just yet. He's going to have to fight and earn that playing time this year. But 2021 can really set the foundation for him for 2022. Because as as deep and good as the tight end room looks this year, there might be question marks next year. We don't know if they're going to re-sign Robert Tunyon, who's an unrestricted free agent. We don't know if Mercedes Lewis is going to retire. So the Packers, compared compared to the rest of the league, they run uh, a good amount of two tight end sets. So the opportunity for him this year is certainly there to get on the field and make an impact. Like I said, he's going to have to continue finding success in these practices. But I see 2021 for him as a way to lay a very good foundation going into next year where he really could uh, blossom into a bigger role.
2: That's a really good point that you make, that you make Paul, about uh, next year and beyond, because uh, I didn't realize. Yeah, Tunnyan's unrestricted. That's that's gonna that's gonna change the tight end room. Go ahead, Mark.
3: No, I was gonna say uh, Sternberg has gotten bigger too, right? Then I read that. that he,
2: yeah, the said like that. 15
3: pounds of muscle. Yeah, he still looks quick too. Yeah, well, well so he's gotta stay healthy with him. It's got it's his health. I mean, he's. I loved him when they made that pick. I thought it was a really good pick in the third round. I thought he was going to be a player. I thought he would fit this offense very well then it's been one injury after another that's just you know limited him to to what he can do and what he can show
2: that's what I was going to say too is the health factor I mean I forgot about the COVID thing last year he's been through a lot and I think he's Mm -hmm. talked about also he's another one that's talked about how mentally it's been very difficult for him he had the COVID experience he was injured he had the off-field issue uh, last year so he's got his two-game suspension that he's serving I think and partially maybe it was a wake-up call and it's like, hey, look, I've got a limited time to play this, this sport because you're not young forever. So if I'm going to make something of this and I'm going to be great and I've got a great opportunity to catch passes from a, a really good quarterback. Got to make it happen. The light bulb's got to go off. I got to put in the work. And and so maybe it's kind of woken him up a little bit, which would be a, would, which would be a really good thing. I don't know if Josiah DeGuara is ever going to move into a, a like a pure tight end role. To where you just say like, well, if Josiah turns out turns in a, a really good, what will amount to a rookie season for him because he got hurt last year and didn't play much in his actual rookie year. To where they could just, if Big Dog retires and they're not able to keep Tunyon because they've got too much money tied up with with what they're going to have to do with getting Adams extended and Jair and some of those other contracts. And who knows what they're going to do with the quarterback situation where you just, Sternberg and Josiah just, Jaguar just step in there. So that's a position of note, for sure. I think we'll be talking about that one uh, next year. But Sternberger, good, good to see that he's uh, being productive. And when he comes back, you know, the Packers offense, all these different options that they have. You know, they got Amari Rogers. Randall Cobb is back. MVS is the speedster Devonte's going to be his his usual fantastic self like it's it's going to be an exciting offense. offensive sternberger's going to turn up and start catching i just remember that college tape of him catching that ball down the seam when he was drafted that was the the play they kept running over and over and over again and i i was having flashbacks to like man if this guy turns out to be good he could be like that keith jackson type where he's just running down the seam and just catching deep balls all day but i might get be getting ahead of myself a little bit but what uh <laughs> What else, Paul? Uh, So Sternberger and then uh, what else we got for top camp observations? Uh,
1: So the star cornerback position was really a topic of conversation, the slot corner, nickel corner, whatever, whatever term you like to use. And this is from Larry McCarron. He's obviously been at every practice. And he said that right now with the ones, Chan and Sullivan has been getting a bulk of those snaps. Uh, Let me know what you guys think. But to me, that's not really a surprise. I've said before that when the season's all said and done, I still expect Sullivan to have taken a majority of the slot snaps, but I think his snap count is going to be less than it was a year ago because of more for Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander. I don't know if that makes sense, but I still expected him to be the prime uh, slot cornerback this season. And so far, still a ways to go, still preseason games, but so far that's the role that he's had.
2: Well, yeah, because... Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, uh, well, I was going to say it's it's his smarts and his experience. The corner is another, you, you know, you mentioned tight end being tough to transition from college. And I guess I'm speaking about Eric Stokes here. I'm glad he's getting snaps. You just don't know if, if he's going to be ready to go right away. Now, Mark, I know you're a huge fan of Stokes. And I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play this year. And he, as he should, he's a first-round pick. But you start the season with Shannon Sullivan, and then you just kind of go from there. And I, Mark, I don't know if that's where you were going to take it or, if you, or how you see it.
3: No, what I was going to say is, I, and I read this. I don't know if it was a quote from uh, Joe Barry or if a writer just said it, but um, you know, I think the the misnomer out there is that because they're calling this the star position, that people think, oh, it's the star, so you got to have a star. No, it's your third corner. It's still your nickel. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the star. Like you don't have to put Alexander there or Savage there. Like, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll admit, I when I heard oh, star position. They, Wow, they—you can't just put, you know, Chandon there. You got to put Jair there. You got to put some savage. No, it's the star. Well, no, it's just what for some reason Barry—I don't know if Barry called it that or whoever it was with the Rams called it that—but um, it's not what people. It's not the name is misleading, the, the or the the term for that position is a little misleading. So yeah, I, I the Packers. Are, I I just can't get. I mean, we, we we talk every week, and I write a couple of stories a week, and. I, I I go over this roster, and there's just a lot of good players on this team. There's there really are, mm-hmm. and there's just so much depth. I I did a story this this past week. I'll I'll cut to the chase in case. And always ask what what we write about. Um, there's gonna be a lot of players that the Packers get rid of who are going to be on other teams. Yep. I'm hoping they could maybe get some you know trade before they cut them and get you know a couple low round you know get that pick back that they gave up. Randall Cobb, or get some picks, you know, some some low round picks back because almost every position they're going to cut a guy that's going to end up somewhere else. I think corner is one of them. I think, I guess if they keep five tight ends, which is a lot, then they won't. But if, if they only keep four, which is still pretty heavy, one of those guys is going to get picked up. Wide receiver, they might have two or three get picked up. Offensive line, I mean, go on and on. I mean, they they cut that quarterback uh um, Dolgara, the going picked pick them up. I mean, hey, I didn't. I, didn't, I mean, that, that just tells me it's it's crazy. I think mm-hmm. one of the running backs. I think with which, whichever running back doesn't make it, could get picked up. It's gonna I mean that, this. This team is just. And again, it's all on paper. You you have to translate it to the field. But this is as deep a roster as I can remember, and talented too. I mean, this, there's no reason for for this team not to win a whole lot of games and and go far in the playoffs no reason at all
2: no they, they're very talented I joked I think on quick slants and said remember how Favre used to say there was there was you know he's every year it was this is the most talented team I've seen or I've played with and I joked that he even said that in 2005 and then they went out and won four games but th- it's true there there is a if they stay healthy and that's obviously a big knock on wood big key to this season stay healthy and then they've, they've got to have the right mentality and the right attitude they have to stay together play together and mentally be in it I mean there's there's something to be said about the mental toughness that you can have all the talent in the world but if you're not in it and you're not great then I I'll, I'll throw a jab as a Phoenix Suns fan I'll throw a jab at the 2002 Los Angeles Lakers who were stacked with stars, but they didn't really play together very well. They worked, they didn't end up achieving anything near what they should have with all the guys that they had on that roster. And now, of course, here they are trying to run it back and do the same thing again this year. But that's basketball, and that's another topic for another day. Tons, tons of talent. We have to, have to just kind of try to keep it at bay. You know, and Paul, you're seeing it up close in person at training camp. And I've been seeing a lot. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I've been – reading a lot and hearing a lot about Jordan Love and you'll hear about some of the and you know he's going to grow and he has a lot to learn and a lot to grow on and he's made some really great throws and thrown some balls into some really tight spots and and made some big plays but it looks like these these kind of these deep balls down the middle he's kind of struggling with a little bit I don't know if you've noticed anything there or if there's any anything more to add to that in terms of is this an area of his game that he's got to work on? Is there something that's causing it? Or was this just one or two random plays that just got, as as we say, a little too much buzz and there's much ado about nothing?
1: I mean, based on what I've seen up to this point, we I've seen the uh, what he can do, what his ceiling is. And two of the practices I've been at, I would give him the throw, the play of the day. There was one where – it was in the corner of the end zone to Amari Rogers. It was where only Rogers could get it. Fitted in between Eric Stokes. It was a nice catch by Rogers as well. And then this past Thursday, he had another one to Reggie Begelton, again on the sidelines. Begelton toe tapped. Love fitted in perfectly between two defenders. We know he has the arm talent, and he's he's definitely showing it. But the big thing is the consistency. That's what's lacking. And to go to what you're saying about over the middle, at least at, from Thursday specifically. A lot of that was just decision-making. You know, we know that he has a talent, but trying to squeeze in a ball over the middle where he absolutely shouldn't. We had no business throwing whatsoever, and it was picked off by Christian Upoff. I mean, it's the decision-making, which, again, if we look at him coming out of Utah State, we knew that that was one of the big things that he had to improve on. But he's also showing what he's capable of as well with some, you know, a couple times of practice, some really, really impressive throws. And Thursday as well, compared to the first one that I was at, he strung together you know it wasn't a good throw bad throw good throw bad throw he strung together four or five nice plays in a row but then there was the interception you know he strung together two or three and then he missed the receiver with a low throw so we're seeing it. I know a big thing that they're focusing on that Hackett talks about gets. He talk about is his footwork and his progressions. I think those are the two big things that the in quarter cornerstones to the quarterback position and playing it well that they're focused on. But right now, I would say it's the decision making is what has to really improve, especially with those over the middle throws.
2: And that's what I think a lot of people are anxious to see in training camp or, or in preseason, because guys are going to be coming at him in different jerseys. And the quarterback is live in a preseason game. So then how well does he handle that pressure? Does he take off and run? Is he going to be able to make some of those throws? You expect a rookie to have some tough moments, and and there's going to be a little bit of jitters out there. But that's what I'm – he's going to dazzle us with a couple plays he's going to make, and he's going to make some throws. Obviously, he's a very talented quarterback, and the Packers would not have drafted him. And I think it's easy to get enamored by some of those really good moments. But what I'm going to be looking for is that intangible and the decision making and how, you know, how smart is is he with with what he's what he's doing with the ball. And in terms of if, if he's if you want a role model for how to to mentally prepare and get yourself mentally ready to play in a game and how to be that way. It's it's hard to find a better role model than than Aaron Rodgers to sit behind for a couple of years. Mark, I don't know if if we're even going to get a chance to see these preseason games because they're not always televised in every market, but are you what are you looking forward to most seeing from Love in terms of his preseason debut and actually playing some football for the Green Bay Packers?
3: Well, like any young quarterback, well like <laughs> First, I want to say, you said he's going to tantalize us with great throws, and then make a bad, and then you know throw a bad pass, right? Well, Brett Favre did that for 15 years.
4: That's true.
3: <laughs> I mean, he never got over yeah. that, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. So that's, but that's that's the thing. Like Paul mentioned, the, the he was looking good, and then he threw the bad pass that up up off. He probably threw late over the middle, up mm-hmm. off, picked him off. I'm glad. I want to see him do that in in practice. I don't, and then learn from that. I, my judge, when I watched young quarterbacks from Donovan McNabb to, um, you know, Kevin Cobb then Carson Wentz, whoever with, with the Eagles was, are they making the same mistakes over and over? Because if they are, they're never going to get over it. You know, if, you, if, that's, if that's your weakness and you can't shake it, well, it's going to be your, your weakness in year five and year seven and year whatever. Um, but if, if, he, if he gets over that, and corrects it. And Mc, McNabb was pretty good with that. So they would I mean, he made some mistakes early that he never made again. Um, whether it was like you said, tucking it in and taking off too soon, he did that a lot early. Um, but just getting better. I want to see him. And I don't know how much he's going to play. There's only three preseason games. It's I don't. It's weird how they're going to. Rogers probably won't play at all, right?
1: I wouldn't think so. No. I feel like Love's going to get three quarters, three and a half quarters. Like they're Every really going right. to let him go. As yep. he should. Three games.
3: And then your, your, your roommate will get the last quarter. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Flash that arm yeah. in. <laughs> um, so now, if that's the case, then I want to see him get better. You know, once it's Houston, the Jets, and who's the third game against?
1: Buffalo, I believe,
3: right? Buffalo, yeah, it is at Buffalo. Um, so I want to see him be I want the I want that Bills. If he plays three quarters in all three games, I want the Bills game to be the best of his three games. I want to see him get better off in each game. Now, I'd like to see him play well all three games, obviously, but I just want to see him. I want to see that upward tick every week. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, obviously the progression of the growth there, too, and, and over the course of a couple games is, is recency, and that would be definitely good to see. Uh, I would love to keep hearing that he's progressing throughout the season, and then when we we get to next off season, which who knows what that's gonna bring and what's gonna happen at that point. But that he, know. as we I said,
3: kind of know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> stack success. Well, uh, Jay Glazer had an interesting take, and we can save that for another show about what the Packers and Rogers may end up doing uh, depending on how this season goes. Oh wait, so. no,
3: let's, let's let me just say one thing about that. All right. They're, they've. I, I had to laugh. I really laughed at that one. So the Packers have granted Rogers permission to ask for a trade. I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs>
4: they
3: granted him. So everybody has permission. I have permission <laughs> to ask my wife if I can go out with some other girl tonight. You know, like, no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: like,
3: I permit. I could ask. I, mean, you know, I have permission right I mean, what's that? that was the stupidest thing I've ever read in my life
2: that, that's the most that's the most uh, parental
3: we still might not trade you but you could ask yeah
2: That that's the most employer you know putting their finger or their thumb on an employee move uh, if it's worded that way but we'll,
3: we'll see it's, it's like um... next year <laughs> and if Rogers wants to and that is up to him I would retire I, I, I'm not a John Elway fan but he did it the right way.
1: It's kind of like too, where you know they'll listen to his input on roster moves, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do what you know he's yeah. suggesting either. It's hey, you know, just I
3: saw I saw Rogers mention all those guys that got away, and he they should have you know he didn't mention Greg Jennings.
2: Were <laughs> you surprised? Were yeah? Were you surprised? I'm being,
3: I'm being very <laughs> okay. I'm being very sarcastic and critical of the want to be general manager okay? <laughs> there were
2: there were a couple players that were not on that list but at the same time it doesn't necessarily mean although rogers is very calculated doesn't necessarily mean that they, they he meant to leave them off but he meant to leave them off so they weren't on that list yeah, for like, a reason okay
3: right i mean again he wasn't what he was but i don't know i mean I we, we, we could save all that for later.
1: Like, yeah no for sure I've got, I've got a couple more items here that we'll go through Um, One is along the offensive line. So I think with Bakhtiari out, it's safe to assume that Elton Jenkins is going to be the left tackle. And by the way, he's looked, it shouldn't come as a surprise, but he's looked so natural there. In one-on-one reps, he's winning against Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. It's it's incredible. And then at center, Josh Myers, Matt LaFleur pretty much already gave his stamp of approval, which we expect that he's going to be the week one starter. And I also think it's safe to assume that Billy Turner is going to be the right tackle. But the right and left guard position without Bakhtiari, they're both up for grabs. And right now it's Runyon, Lucas, Patrick, and the Adam Stenovich, Ben Braden hype train is real. Ben Braden is circling in and out of those guard positions with the ones with Patrick and Runyon. So I don't see that competition stopping anytime soon. I think we're going to see it throughout the rest of training camp. But those three are fighting for the two spots right now. And then when Bakhtiari's back, another one of them is going to have to head to the sideline. So obviously a good position to be in for the Green Bay Packers with, as we all know, the loaded depth and versatility that they have. But Adam Stenovich piping up Ben Braden during mini camp, it, it appears
2: to be very real. If you have three guys fighting hard for two guard spots, you could do a lot worse, right, Mark?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, like I said, I, I, every time you bring up a different spot on the team, I, I go back to the same thing. I've never seen a team, with the, in any team, not just the Pack, but Packer team or any team. This kind of depth. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and it's good depth. It's not just guys. I mean, they have got like guys that can play that aren't going to be playing. They're going to cut guys that are going to go play for somebody else, maybe even start for somebody. Um, I mean, you didn't mention Royce Newman, right? I mean, but he's
4: mm-hmm. they like
3: him. They like him, and he's a, he's a part of, the, of of the future now. That's probably good. And he's a rookie. Let him. He can play guard or tackle. But let him sit and learn and. He'll, he'll, he'll he's gonna make the team because he's a fourth round pick. I'm not gonna make it terrible that big. Um but he'll probably be inactive. He'll, he'll be like your trans line. That's that's fine. I have a problem with that. Um and if Runyon and, and Braden are playing that well, then that's great. So Braden Braden's been around now. He, he's he's got a kid. I mean he's this is like mm-hmm. bounce around a little bit, a couple practice squads. I remember him he was pretty good at Michigan, right?
1: Yeah, he was. He played tackle there, I believe. Right.
3: Well, every Packer guard was a tackle. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point.
2: They love these Michigan they love these Michigan boys. Yeah, the offensive line we've talked about, a lot of depth, a lot of a lot of things to be encouraged about, especially if you've got, you know, a young quarterback like Jordan Love who's trying to get his feet wet in the NFL and you've got a you know, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who I think is relying a little bit more on his himself and his pre- pocket presence to get done what it is that he wants to do behind center. But um, Paul round us off. What, what was your, uh, your final camp observation before we sign off? So like a proud father, I got
4: to bring up Andre <laughs> <Devondre> Campbell.
1: <laughs> okay. we got some high praise from Matt LaFleur uh, saying that he's been playing lights out, really impressed with his athleticism, ability and coverage. And I know that we've talked about him. We're all excited about this addition when he was signed, but That's just great to hear. I I, I wrote an article for Dairyland Express probably about a month ago now talking about the linebacker position and posing the question, how good can they be? Uh, In short, not that I'm saying they're going to be elite by any means, but I think that this group can really be a lot more impactful, productive than past Green Bay Packers linebacker units. And I know that's not necessarily the highest bar to clear. But I do think that they absolutely can be, especially in this Joe Berry defense, which does a good job of keeping the linebackers clean, creating opportunities for them to make plays. So Devondre Campbell has already caught the attention of Matt LaFleur. Campbell and uh, Chris Barnes, they've been the primary linebackers with the ones on the field. Ty Summers, I have to mention Ty Summers as well, because when we went through my a uh, few weeks ago and we went through my 53 man roster prediction, I left him off. At this point, I would put him on. I think he's been solid. And then when you factor in his special teams contributions, he's someone that I would add into that mix at this time. Obviously, has to continue to show that. But he's been solid. Oren Burks has been, man, very, very quiet. Even Josh Jackson, who's kind of in a similar spot as Burks, he's made a few plays he actually had – Jackson had two pass breakups and one-on-ones against Lazard on Thursday. So at least there's something there. Not saying that's going to be the difference between him making the roster or not, but there's something with Burks. I haven't seen. I haven't heard his name whatsoever. And then Kamal Martin, he's actually getting some – a look at edge rusher. So what the reasoning behind that is, is it because they're shorthanded because Z is on the NFI list, Ramsey's out for a significant time. They put Burks on – or they tried out Burks at Ed Rusher last year, but that felt very much like a, a last-ditch effort. Like, let's just try to find something for him. Whereas with Kamal Martin, I see it more as he's very explosive. He's got that playmaking ability. Let's see if we can at least find a way to get him on the field. So whether he'll stick there or not, I'm not sure, but Matt LaFleur did confirm that they are experimenting. But I'm thrilled to hear with how well... Uh, Devondre Campbell's doing and then we know Chris Barnes is just super steady
2: well a couple quick thoughts and then I'll kick it to you Mark because I know you have have some thoughts on this too Oren Burks, no surprise there. He's been quiet since he joined the Packers. Unfortunately, he he was had there was a lot of high hopes. He had that one big play in training camp two two years ago. He you know steps in front of Aaron Jones, and that's been the highlight of your career. You don't want the highlight of your career to be a pre a preseason or a training camp practice. So that's that's you know unfortunately Oren Burks. I think his days in Green Bay are very very limited my take on Devondre Campbell the Packers don't sign Devondre Campbell if they really truly think that Kamal Martin is going to make a big jump in year two and he's ready to go now he's had some injury issues and now that they're tinkering with him at outside linebacker it almost makes me a little bit nervous to where where it's like are they trying to figure out what to do with him are are they uh, is, is is he just not working out the way that they hoped that he would and again he's had an injury issue. I know that he's he's a lot of hype with him and, and he's got some talent, but then there's the whole playing out of control thing and you don't want that out of your linebacker. The good, On the good side is here, Paul, and I think you're using kind of a similar term that, um our friend uh jacob westendorf over at Game on wisconsin says when he calls Rashawn gary his son so i guess devondre campbell is your son paul and i wouldn't go that far well as a proud Very father far. but he but the fact that well, he
3: Campbell's older than
2: paul isn't he? he i think so everybody's older than paul but as, as <laughs> but it's like a proud father like like yeah that's true like a proud father well it's good that he's working out. So the Packers obviously made a good decision. If they wanted to bring in somebody to fortify the inside linebacker position, they he obviously accomplished what they they wanted to by signing him and he just seemed like a good another good veteran presence and a guy that's going to buy into this defense and he'll be part of the D-train. Mark, I, I don't know if you see it the same way.
3: Oh, I love the I, I didn't love him as much as Paul did. I I didn't realize he was a free agent. That's my bad. I should have been aware of that I wanted him last year. I didn't want Christian Kirksey. I wanted him last mm-hmm. year when he was coming out of that from the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I didn't realize his, his contract in Arizona voided after he, I didn't realize. Again, I didn't, I just, My I should have paid more attention. All right. That's why I didn't have him on my list this year, but no, that's a great signing. And, you know, Burks. Berks, to you know, we're talking about how deep and how talented, well, this is a credit to the front office, you know, the general manager who gets, a, for whatever reason, I don't know, some people think he's bad because the quarterback doesn't like him. What a quarterback gets just a <laughs> quarterback, stop trying to be a GM because uh, the GM's got a hell of a job. You, you you talk about Elton Jenkins. Well, who drafted Elton Jenkins? You, you talk about Runyon and, and um, you know, signing Braden. You know, getting I don't you know we can go on and on about that. But the guy's done a, a remarkable job in his in his tenure as G, as Jameer. Burks was one of the few misses. Burks might just be a better fit in a four three defense. I'm I'm starting to think think that that maybe you know he he's a guy that he's going to get cut. There's no way he's making this team, but somebody's going to pick him up because he was a third round pick. Somebody's going to pick him up, and maybe he's just a better fit as a as a strong side guy in a four three. I don't know. Uh, with, with Martin, I I agree with part of what you said, um, James, but not all of it. I think they're they like, like you said, his his weakness last year was a little out of control, a little over aggressive, and an inside linebacker that's a problem. You don't you got to be more you know sound and and know where you're supposed to be and not over pursue. Well, as an outside linebacker go get the quarterback. Do what you got to do. Be aggressive. Knock people out of their way and go get the quarterback. So maybe they're finding out that let's let's play his strength. Let's let's put him in a spot where his aggressiveness is a plus mm-hmm. and not out of control, you know, where he can just go get him. And you never have enough good pass rushers. So I like that move. I mean, Campbell and Barnes are going to be inside guys. I'm glad to hear you saying that um uh I forget who you, who you said. Summers. <laughs> yeah, that that he's playing better cuz I've always thought he was a He's never going to be a star. He's never even going to be a starter. But I think he's a solid backup. They got him in the seventh round. That's all you can expect That to be a good special teams guy and a, a backup to play a handful of plays if if, if needed. So I'm fine with that. Um, and, they, and then they have the kid they they took this year from Boston College, right? Um, mm-hmm. McDuffie, who's been a little hurt too. So he had a linebacker's position, a lot better. I'm going to give a shout-out to my adopted son. <laughs> <Juwan Winston. laughs> yes
0: that's true <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm telling you he's going to make the team he's making i don't know who's not making it going to be hard to leave him and from what i'm hearing and seeing he makes a play every day right
1: yeah in 11 on 11 drills he's yeah he's making a catch or two every day buzz and he's
3: a good special teams guy mm-hmm. so i mean that that's what that was his claim to fame was he was going to make it for special teams he might be be more than that somebody's not making one of those receivers isn't going to be here i don't know who but I'm pretty. I, it's gonna be again. Now we'll see if the game when them. I've seen a lot of players. And we used to joke that you know, once when they hear the Star Spangled Banner, they they don't play as well. You know, so <laughs> practice is one thing, games is another. So let's see how he does in the in the three preseason games. But all indications are that he's been very very good.
2: Yeah. So these are again the depth, the the quality of the roster. This this team is not going to lack. For players at pretty much any position, and I don't know, guys. Just to round it off before we go around the horn with work coming up this week, the kicking game and that that Steelers Cowboys game. It was almost like it was intentionally bad. I don't know what was going on there, but again, I'm I'm just I'm glad there's no kicker issue in Green Bay. It's Mason Crosby, and he's as far as I know still pretty accurate. So
3: <laughs> Very, hey, they uh, cut the long snapper.
2: Fortunato, they did.
3: Yeah, so I guess Bradley won the job, huh? Yep, yep,
2: yep. So these I'm special teams. I thought,
3: I thought it would be at least a battle.
2: Hmm. I, guess, yeah. I guess the other guy was really bad. Is that either that or they needed the roster spot really badly for something. I don't know. Uh, you know, when you have 90, you don't need anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grasping at straws, Mark. I'm trying to come up with no, anything they, they, or something. They,
3: they, he must, something, he must have just been terrible, obviously. I yeah. mean, I, you know, they watched him enough and they didn't even let him, didn't even let him in a game. <laughs> they cut him before he let him in a game. So he must have been bad or something else off the field that we don't know about, but man, they got rid of him in a hurry.
2: Yeah. If it was meant, if it was meant to wake up Hunter Bradley, then I guess that wake up maybe call came maybe sooner than later. Spot, yeah. So, well, Mark, you teased it a little bit earlier, but upcoming this week over at Packer Report, what do we got?
3: Well, up there now is I, I did a story on what, what I just talked about that guys that are going to make that, you know, I, that aren't going to make the Packers, but can play in this league. And, you know, I hit it that maybe they can, get something back for a few of these guys, and I think they'll try. Um, again, you don't know how things pan out, but the point of the story was there's a lot of good players. There's more than 53 good players on this Packer roster right now, but Packers can only keep 53 of them, so uh, that's part of it. And then next week we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens um, in you know in the next couple of days of practice, family night, um, so I don't know what we're, we'll have next week. Probably next Thursday, you know, I'll, I'll probably look, look at a little bit of the first preseason games and things i want to see stuff like that
2: excellent paul Bredel over at dairyland express Cheesehead tv packers unrestricted what's coming up this week i've just been
1: kind of every day after practice i've been putting out uh, just kind of a rundown whether i've been there or just some highlights from twitter just to help keep folks up to date on what's taking place you know you can never have too much buzz as mark always says <laughs> um and then today saturday at dairyland express i have uh five players whose stock is on the rise after the first week and a half of practices.
2: Love it. And hopefully rising and continuing to rise. Green Bay Packers talent 2021 season, a quick slants podcast is going to be observations from training camp, family night takeaways for the Monday show. And then we'll look at what the week of practice brings for the Thursday edition of the quick slants podcast. And we will be back next Saturday with more training camp updates and any breaking news and the weather report, of course.
3: Right next week they play Saturday, right? That's right. Yeah, they do. Game day preview. Preview. There you we go. How about that?
2: Game day preview. I think,
3: all, I think if I'm not mistaken, are, are are all three games Saturdays?
2: I'm pretty sure.
3: Well, I think all three preseason games are Saturdays.
2: What a treat for us! <laughs> three straight, <laughs> not, three straight preseason game preview it's game. game we so we will we'll be not be your Saturday crew. We'll be your game day crew.
3: There you go
2: for those three games. So, all right, everybody. Well, where you're at, summer's still in full swing. Hope everybody is staying cool. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy your week. Enjoy family night practice. Another Green Bay Packers family night practice with fans back in the stands. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe and go Pack go.